Hi, and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm Jen Thurman, and I'm so glad you're here. So I had a big WTF realization this week that unfolded over the course of several days that led me to the conclusion that I've been thinking about my type A identity all wrong. Like, so wrong that the world tilted on its axis a little as I try to reintegrate my sense of self. Okay, that's a little dramatic, but you get the point. So bear with me as I attempt to untangle my the way that my mind worked this out. First, I feel like I need to lay out some background for a frame of reference here. Way back in the day, I worked for a telecom company that I would describe as in its adolescent phase. It wasn't quite a startup. They'd been funded and up and running for several years when I joined in 2003. Those first years were marked by a lot of scrappy do-it-yourself systems, coding and engineering. And when I was brought on, they were really struggling with how to rationalize all of these disparate systems and processes. The average age of this 5,000 person publicly traded company was 35 when I joined. And I have to put a little asterisk here. There was a crack team of HR uh, professionals that had really an ahead of its time sophistication in their sort of vision for leadership development and culture building. But there was an existing culture of young, ambitious, mostly male, mostly white leadership that was very eager and proud to describe themselves as this type A entrepreneurial kind of leader. The best way to describe it is probably with the words of uh, one of those young, ambitious, uh, young, white male leaders. I reconnected with him uh, recently, and as we reminisced about old times, he reflected on his growth and leadership development since then. He said, and of course I'm paraphrasing here, we had this conversation probably a year ago, he said, back then we were all young and hard charging and having fun with our big fancy titles. We didn't talent plan. We hired our friends and people who looked and acted like our friends. And we just kept charging in one direction. We were all type A MBAs with a lot of information and not of a lot of experience. We lived by the mantra, we work hard and we play hard. We were ding dongs. So I couldn't have said it better myself. And I must say, it was refreshing to see the recognition from a more mature, more experienced, more thoughtful version of the ding dong I knew back in the day. But that was a very accurate description of the prevailing culture that was my introduction to corporate America. The moniker Type A was bandied about without any hint of sarcasm or apology. It was a badge of honor and honestly a prerequisite to getting hired and being successful in the company. So of course, from then on, I identified as type A. For the most part, it actually seemed to fit. I was ambitious. I took on stretch assignments whenever they popped up. And yes, I was a perfectionist. It was not unusual for me to be found in the office at 11 o'clock at night in those first few years. And once laptops became ubiquitous, oh man, I just dated myself there, didn't I? Once laptops came, became ubiquitous, it was the norm for me to be online working in the late hours of the night after my kids were in bed. This was true for the rest of my 18-year in-house corporate career. Okay, so that's the background. And here, here's the string of things that unfolded this week that will get me to my eventual point. I was walking my dog, Lucy Blue, 
And I was listening to uh, an Unlocking Us podcast. And Brene Brown was interviewing Scott Sonnenshine on stretching and chasing. Highly recommend for many reasons, not the least of which is the concept that as we progress in our careers and reach a certain level of success, we actually lose our stretchiness and begin to chase. But they've done a great job of explaining all of that. I mean, Sonnenschein wrote a whole book on it. So when you're done here, head over there and listen to that one. But in the course of the interview, they discussed a study that was done on personal satisfaction in Olympic athletes. If you think about it, anyone who makes it to the Olympic Games is likely to be a type A personality, focused, driven, willing to take on a high degree of stress. But the long and short of it is that the research shows this. The least satisfied among gold, silver, bronze, and even non-medalists are silver medalists. They stand there on that podium, not thinking about how far they've come. They're only focused on the fact that they just missed gold. Bronze medalists, on the other hand, are so grateful that they're standing there with a medal amidst that sea of elite athletes who didn't actually reach, reach the podium. So the big aha here for me was, a, was really a deepening of my understanding of the effects of comparison and what your reference group is. It's a way of making meaning of looking around and deciding who and where we want to be in relation to others, rather than deciding who and where we want to be and as, a, as an imperative of our soul's desires. So then the two of them go on to talk about how we're comparing ourselves to others during this pandemic. And I have to say, in, during pandemic, I'm actually hearing a lot of compassionate comparisons. Yes, this sucks and it's hard, but we're all going through it and I don't have it as bad as some others. You know, at least I have a job, at least my kids both have computers, so on and so forth. Or my favorite, we're all in the same storm out at sea, but we're not all in the same boat and I'm really grateful for my boat. But comparison cuts both ways and I've seen this side too. We also see all of those inflated social media posts about how people are crushing their Zoom, cool, Zoom school responsibilities while getting promoted, remodeling their house, and learning a new language. Okay, in the short term, we can see how comparison is definitely the thief of joy. Who the heck knows what the new normal will be like when we emerge cautiously from the pandemic. And heaven knows Mother Earth is giving us a real good shake right now and we're sure to get more reprimands in the future. So what is normal anyway? Again, another topic for another day. Back to the unwinding of my convoluted thought process. So I've got this concept in my head about the metal stand and that bright-eyed bronze medalist and that sour-faced silver medalist. And I was talking with my coach and working on setting intentions for attracting my next round of clients. And I told her the story about the study on the Olympic medalists. And she told me a story about her time as a basketball coach for middle school and maybe high school boys back in the day. She was coaching the B team. She said the A team was so serious, stressed, and focused that it became a job and it wasn't even fun anymore to be on the team and to play basketball. Whereas she and her B team had space and license to have fun. They enjoyed the game. They were fired up to practice and lo and behold, they were winning. So I thought about my beliefs about the A team versus the B team and why I have wanted so badly to coach the A team. So here's a confession. Whew, this one is actually tough to say out loud. My biggest insight in the session was that I've been dreaming 
of rescuing type A executives since I started this coaching journey. When I visualize my potential client base, I've been thinking back to the most type A, high functioning, high stress, mostly inverted, mostly white, mostly male, executives that I've worked with over the last two decades. I see and remember their genius. I see the amazing success that they've had. And I see these huge gaping holes in their ability to connect with their teams in a genuine, authentic, inspiring way. I watch them drinking too much and eating crap while traveling, then forcing themselves to run on the hotel uh, treadmill for like a half an hour at 5 a.m. to make up for it. I watch them juggling calls from their families between and sometimes during conference calls, team meetings, and strategy sessions. I watch them and I see that if they only changed their perspective just a little and opened their highly focused minds, they could be like 10 times more successful in half the amount of time and reclaim the remainder of their pieces, their relationships, their health, their sense of joy and fun. And I have wanted to save them from themselves. I wanted to crack the nut. I wanted to fix them. So anybody who knows anything about coaching in a coaching partnership will see immediately where I've gone wrong. I have wanted to set the agenda. I have been judging my potential clients as lacking. When what I really believe truly in my soul about the power of coaching is that all of my clients, and generally all of us as individuals, are creative, resourceful, and whole. Also, in this judgment and this need to fix, I'm actually handing my own power over to those hard to crack nuts instead of owning my own credibility and space. So as I pondered about how to reframe my intentions and my outreach, I realized I've never really understood what type B personality looks like. I mean, why would I? Who would want to be a B when you can be an A? So it's helpful here to illuminate where type A actually came from. I've done my research. Okay, Wikipedia did the research, but I looked it up. And here's what I found. The original concept of type A versus type B came from a study about the effects of stress on coronary health. Apparently, the tobacco industry had a lot to do with funding those studies, so the results are somewhat in question. But the upshot of the initial study had longer-term impacts in the field of psychology and studies about how mental health affects physical health. So here are the descriptions from Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. Slightly paraphrased. Type A individuals are described as outgoing, ambitious, rigidly organized, highly status conscious, impatient, anxious, proactive, and concerned with time management. People with type A personalities are often high achieving, quote, workaholics, unquote. They push themselves with deadlines and hate ambivalence. People with type A personalities experience more job-related stress and less job satisfaction. Type B individuals, on the other hand, are observed to live at lower levels of stress. They typically work steadily. They may enjoy achievement, although they have a greater tendency to disregard physical or mental stress when they do not achieve. When faced with competition, they may focus less on winning or losing than their type A counterparts and more on enjoying the game, regardless of winning or losing. Type B personalities are more tolerant than individuals in the type A category. They can, quote, see things from a global perspective, encourage teamwork, and exercise patience in decision-making, unquote. So here's the kicker. Interestingly, 
Those with type A personalities don't always perform those with type B personalities. Depending on the task and the individual and, and the in, individual's sense of time and urgency and control, it can lead to poor results when there are complex decisions to be made. End of Wikipedia de definition. When I read these definitions, I wonder how on earth I ever glorified type A personality. Yes, they get shit done. Yes, they keep the trains running on time and strive to find clarity, solutions, and excellence in their objectives. But at what cost? What we need in the world right now is balance. What I hear time and time again from my clients, colleagues, family, and friends is that we are all aching for more fulfillment, a fuller sense of self, and a state of being that allows for the fullness of expression that we have been aching for since those awkward adolescent days when we started packing away pieces of ourselves so that we could fit in. We're constricted with stress, and we all want to find more space, more joy, and more love in our lives. So we all have a choice about which type we're going to be. And I want to make a very loud, very strong case for the type Bs in the world. I actually think that this pandemic has forced a lot of type A's to surrender. There's just no sane way to demand rigid deadlines, strive for per perfection, or eliminate ambivalence. We live in the land of uncertainty right now. And frankly, we're fooling ourselves if we think we didn't before. But this is a beautiful thing. Letting go of a type A identity opens up all the potential that lives in type B. Less stress, more joy. Less attachment to an outcome, more satisfaction in the process. I'm no longer interested in pursuing type A's who revel in their type A-ness, who wear it as a badge of honor. I want to work with type B's who want to continue to play the game while deepening their relationships, making important impacts in the world, and cultivating their connection to humanity and spirit and self. And I want to work with type A's who actually want to explore the option that they might want to become type B's, recovering type A's as it were. So where are you on the scale from A to B? I would love to hear from you, especially if you're exploring an identity shift to B, to be more fulfilled, to be less stressed, to be more tolerant, flexible, and nimble, to be more you. You can find me on Facebook or at my website at jenthurman.com. Until next time, be well.